to soar where God wants you to be elevated into is that you need a headwind, something that comes against you, that becomes a force against you, that God permits to be a force that lifts you. Somebody going to get this thing. Welcome to Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. We invite you to stay tuned for a life-changing word. Hi, and welcome to Concepts for Living. It's a privilege again to come to you with more concepts from God's Word. Do you know the Bible is replete with metaphors, metaphors of significant truths? We have one that I'm going to be preaching about today. It's a metaphor that indicates a boundary or a barrier, either a fixed line and or it'll be a blocked path. Stay tuned. I'm going to be talking about the day when God drew a line in the sand. Turn to the book of Job, chapter 38, begin at verse 7. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud the garment thereof and thick darkness a swallowing for it and break up for it my decree place somebody say my decreed place and set bars and doors and said hitherto shalt thou come but no further and here shall thy proud waves be stayed new international version while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb. When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no further. Here is where your proud waves halt. Here is where your proud waves halt. Look at someone and say, God, God drew a line, drew a line 
in the sand. God drew a line in the sand. We talk about a line in the sand today. In all of its metaphorical, uh, I would have to say, implications. Because the truth that we're going to consider this morning is shrouded in mystery and metaphorical language. It is God speaking in code language. When we look at this particular phrase, a line in the sand, while we are not aware of its exact time and place of origin, it cannot be doubted that this phrase is very popular. History will attest to the fact that it's been used in many ways and quarters. A line in the sand. The Washington Post on October 29, 1978, wrote an article. It was, in fact, a litany of historic military events in which this phrase was used, a line in the sand. You may recall that in 1990, former President George H.W. Bush described the initiation of the Gulf War as simply a line in the sand. Well, in our text today, we observe through metaphorical language, God also drew a line in the sand. The line was to be an indicator to let the enemy know that he is really not in control and that he really doesn't do whatever he wants with us and that he is regulated by one that is bigger. I say one that is bigger. He may look like he's in charge and large, but the fact is that he is merely a puppet. The strings of which God himself pulls when he is ready. In the drama of life, you and I need to be aware that the devil, the enemy, Satan, whatever title you give him, is only responding to what God has permitted him to do. He is a puppet on a string. And so notice the metaphorical implications of a line drawn in the sand. In fact, if you check out the real meaning of this, it simply means that uh, it is a place that you are able to proceed in up to a point. 
lying in the sand. Well, it's also a place where you will not be permitted to go beyond. There are some things that happen to us that God has permitted Satan to facilitate. But that same God has limited him as to the degree to which he will function in that situation. I thought of boundaries and barriers. You see, a boundary is a fixed limit. And Webster tells me that a barrier is a blocked passage. There are some situations that you're going through and I'm going through, been through, and perhaps we'll have to go through. That I need to remember that no matter what happens, God has set limits on them. No matter what the devil will come with, regardless to his fury and fierceness, the devil is really being used by God. But then while God is using him, he's using him to fix me. So I can be better than I could ever be had I not been challenged by the forces that come up against me. Just like the headwind is necessary in flight. We board our planes and we strap ourselves in the seat while the pilot has something else on his mind. He wants to know, will I have my headwinds? Because the only way for that plane to rise up is that it has to have a headwind. Oh, somebody going to get it? The only way for you to soar where God wants you to be elevated into is that you need a headwind, something that comes against you, that becomes a force against you, that God permits to be a force that lifts you. Somebody going to get this thing. The three points of this message, the controversy. Anyone who has read the book of Job will have to conclude that there was a controversy going on between Job and God, between Job and his friends. But God settles it to the point that there was concurrence. I'm talking three points. One, the controversy. Two, the concurrence. And three, the great conclusion. Stay tuned. You will be further blessed. So then, homiletically, let's look at it. We see first the controversy. What is God doing? You see, when you begin to look and you see the journey of Job, I mean, and you, and you think of all the stuff he went through. <laughs> and then to notice in, in over there, look, just look in verse 2 and 3 of chapter 
38. Just two and three. Look at this. Who is that darkened counsel? Who is this that darkened counsel by words without knowledge? Who is this trying to come to me trying to talk? Trying to tell me off? Trying to straighten me up? He said, gird up now your loins like a man. You think you're a man? You think you're a woman? Come on, get your act together. Come on, pull up your stuff. For I will demand of thee and answer thou me. What? This sounds like a warfare. It's certainly a debate. Who in the world is going to stand up in front of God and try to match wits with him? I mean, from everlasting to everlasting, he's still God. We, we don't last forever, so we're not God. But who in the world are we to be able to challenge God, to question God, and also, watch this now, to accuse God? God is addressing his opponents. He wants to hear their views. He invites them, bring your best shot. Bring your best presentation. But when you're coming, I want you to know something. I, I'm, I want you to know at least five things. Check it for yourself. When you go home, read it and you'll see. God said, first thing I want you to know while you're getting your act together. One. I am eternity. That means I was before anything else was. That means I will be who I am when everything else is over. I am eternity. Read the verses. Come on down. And you'll see all in chapter 38. And God said, and what's more, I'm not only eternity, I'm wisdom. You may have yourself a little symbol full of knowledge, but I'm wisdom. I know not only what, I know why. And I know how. You only know what. I am wisdom. I am power. I have the authority over the elements. I have the authority to make wind do what wind does. Water do what water does. I have authority in the skies. I have authority amidst the clouds. I, I, I can make the clouds do what I want them to do. I arrange them. What's more, I'm not just good. I am moral. Absolutely moral. Moral in all my judgments, moral in all my governance. I'm moral. I'm right. I'm true and I'm just. And then God said, one other thing I want you to get. I'm sovereign. I do whatever I want to, however I want to, with whomever. I want to because I am sovereign. 
I, I mean, I'm God all by myself. Come on, somebody. I'll tell you what. Just look over into Psalm 89. It says, thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou what settlest them? I control the waves of the sea. The currents and everything. Come on, let's go on. I'm the one. It's not just happening. I'm controlling it. I'm at the levers. Look at 93. Look at verse 4. The Lord on high is what? Mightier than the what? The noise of many waters. Yea, or yes, than the mighty waves of the sea. Haven't you heard them dashing? A few days ago, I was out on the front and just listened to the waves against the shore. The spray was rising higher than the, higher than the houses. I took pictures of it. And I'm saying to myself, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Come on with me this morning. I said, what a mighty God we serve. He's mighty. One song has it. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. We can just sing that all day. He's mighty. He's mighty. He never wanes in his might. He never diminishes in his strength. He is mighty. What a mighty God we serve. Able to do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Well, I sincerely trust that you've been blessed and inspired and encouraged to know that God has set the enemy's boundaries and he cannot go beyond the limit. Notice this, that every situation, every problem, every condition you go through, there's an expiration date on it. Hang on until that day. Until next time, when we should come to you with more concepts for living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.